0: actually I feel that that song was almost a message no matter what you're going through remember when it says when you're in the dark or when you cannot even hear not for a moment will your God forsake you quit listening to the liar not for a moment will your God forsake you that's the word of God all else are liars. All other voices put down. Not for a moment. No matter what your situation is, God will not forsake you. Dustin, take us before the Lord, please. We're going to look at the first terrorist called Goliath. Terror, systematic use of terror, especially as a mean of coercion or intimidation. Goliaths want to come and intimidate, put you in bondage through the tactic of fear. Again, let's just simply pray. Father, once again, we just ask for the anointing of Almighty God now. Lord, that shatters everything the enemy has planned for us. Father, I pray that you would drop faith into all that here. Just a little grain of mustard seed is all we need, Lord, to believe Almighty God. I pray that it would happen tonight. I pray that many Goliaths would fall this morning. Lord, as we simply trust the Word of God. I'm thankful, Lord, that all I have to do is have trust in you. Not strength in me, not my wisdom or intellect, my ability to outdo Goliath, just strength in you, belief in my God. After all, you will never, never forsake me, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> Remember, the battle rages in your mind. you going to believe the Word of God this morning, or are you going to believe your feelings, even things that you might hear? You're going to believe the word over everything that you see, hear, and feel. I trust and hope. All right, Goliath, the first terrorist. Look, you and I have terrorists in our lives, and now that word becomes a little more important to us since the day and age that we are now living in. We've got a a little closer revelation of what terrorists are all about. Well, 1 Samuel 17.1 talks about the Philistines. Okay, that's where Goliath comes from. It says the Philistines now gathered together their army for battle. Saul countered by gathering his Israelite troops. So the Philistine and Israelites faced each other on opposite hills with the valley between them. And then here comes the Goliath. You're trying to believe God. You're trying to rally yourself together like the Israelite troops. As you know, the enemy is forming. You know that you're in a war. I don't think there's anyone sitting here not realizing if you love God and go and try to live for God, that you're not in a spiritual warfare. If you don't realize that, you will soon. Verse 4, then the Philistines come up with their champion. Not just a dude, they come up with their grand champion, Goliath. Came out of the Philistine ranks to face the forces of Israel, and he was over nine feet tall. That's huge. I'm just about six, he's at least three foot taller than I am. He wore a bronze helmet. A bronze coat of armor that weighed 125 pounds. Just his coat. So you're going to get a glimpse of how big and how massive and how intimidating this Goliath is. As he roars insults. You're going to believe God? Even this morning? Verse 5 or verse 6. He also wore bronze leg armor and carried a bronze javelin on his shoulder. The shaft of his spear was as heavy as the thick beam tipped with an iron spearhead to weigh 15 pounds. His armored beard walked ahead of him carrying a huge shield. And I used some of this for the West End football team on Thursday, talking about Goliath in their lives. The tip of the spear weighed 15 pounds. I was telling them, when I was in the military, we used to have to, oh, well, I think it was an M1 back then, it might have been six, seven, eight pounds. We had to hold it out like that, and there's no way that you can carry that thing. You're shaking, you're screaming in your ear. You better not drop that. You're just yelling. This guy's got a 15 pound on the end of a bronze a javelin. This guy's massive, absolutely massive. Verse eight says, "Goliath stood and shouted a taunt across to the Israelites, like he is saying that to you today, all of you that find yourself in this." valley, looking across and seeing the army, and all of a sudden out comes this huge Philistine screaming at you, and he says, why are you coming out to fight, he called, look, look what he says, I am the Philistine champion, the enemy, the world, sending his best at you, the champion, not someone who finished second or third, he's sending the champion out to do battle with you, and he goes, but you, you're just a child of God. Barely a good one at that. That's all you are. You, you're just a servant of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him, listen, this is what the terrorist wants now. This is what he's after. Because Goliath says, now look here, listen, if I I kill you, then you are going to be my slave. This is the enemy's plan for you and I, bondage. A slave. The Goliath. He wants to slave you with fear or, or whatever has come into your life that is defying the, the army of God that's inside of you. That is there raising its head with all its massive worldly strength. Taunting you. Say, what are you? You're just a P.O. You hardly believe good. You don't do anything much for God anyway. You're just a servant of Saul. He says, I defy the armies of Israel today. So this Goliath stands up inside of uh, uh, your realm of life and is defying the Jesus that is in you, the Word of God. And he's big and he's massive and he's everything uh, evil of the world. And he's the champion. And then there's you. Verse 11 says, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terribly and deeply shaken. Okay, those words are very important. It's not just like, well, that's a little scary. No, these guys were undone. Verse 24 even says, and all the men of Israel, when they saw him, fled from him and were sore afraid. Exceedingly, extremely afraid. Now listen, that's a terrorist's goal that comes in your life. Whether you go going to step out and trust God, whether you're going to step out and believe God, step out and do something for God, on comes the champion. You. We can name some champions. Some Goliaths in our life now that we face. Lots of us. Was it the uh, opioids? Addiction to drugs. He didn't do nothing. You just had this horrible back pain. You were looking for relief. Doctor tells you this. You take it, you get some relief. Next thing you know, you're hooked. You're an addict. Pornography. Billion dollar business. Another Goliath. Look! Anytime you try to get holy, anytime you try to get right with God, that Goliath comes. Alcohol. Whatever you want to booze, whatever you want to call it, divorce, immorality, temptations, bitterness, envy, hatred, anything to shut you down and make you fearful. We have all kinds of things. There are, they got words I can't even pronounce. There's phobias for everything water, flying, phobia of fear, fear itself. Phobia of fear of myself, phobia of everything. Phobia of church, phobia of you. Isn't there? There's phobies for I get, God, all of these words. I can't pronounce them. Proverbs tells us this and says, wrath is cruel, anger is overwhelming, but who can stand before jealousy? In other words, the Bible says, you might handle some anger or some cruelty, but then you, you can't even stand the jealousy. Listen to me. Goliath knows this. The champion, the champion terrorist, he knows. So he comes out breathing his threatenings, struts his stuff right in front of you. Come on, send somebody with all his massive equipment. As he desires to control you through fear, through intimidation, coercion, the original terrorist. Goliath himself. We know that 2 Timothy tells us towards the end of that scripture tells us that the enemy who taking captive uh, by his will. The enemy just says you know what? Let's, uh, let's go bust down the temple doorway. Let's send them Goliath in and take them captive at our will. They're getting a little bit too stirred up. They're getting a little too involved in church. Let's frighten them right back to where they belong. And out goes Goliath and he taunts and screams his threatenings his terrorist attacked. Is he screaming in your ear right now? All of you are in something. You heard Dustin how he prayed. We all go through those dark nights, those dark times. Is he screaming to you right now? The Goliath. Look, that you have to face. You have to face him. Do you remember when Moses was told by the Lord to go spy out the land? Go in there and check it out. In other words, he's saying, I'm with you. There are things that we have to do in this walk. It's not just like Jesus is a butler and we pull a thing and he does whatever for us at instant. No, there are things you have to do. So in Numbers 13:1 it says, and the Lord said unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them. There they go. God says, I'm sending you into the land, listen to what he said, that I gave you. All right? So maybe they didn't expect Goliath. Maybe they didn't expect giants. Maybe they just got to go in and be a bunch of Christmas gifts that look what God gave us. That's kind of what we want as Christians. Numbers 13, 25 says, and they returned from searching out the land after 40 days. And they went out and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them fruit of the land. It's awesome! Walking with God. In the presence of God. Being moved upon by the Spirit of God. To step out and to be used by God. Man, this is awesome! But... He said, man, this flows with milk and honey. It is so sweet to be filled with the Spirit of Almighty God. He goes, nevertheless, the people over there are strong and that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover, on top of all this, there's giants. In this walk you have found called Christianity, oh yeah, there's Goliath. If they're not screaming in your ear now, they're out there in a the parking lot waiting for you. They're out there flexing and getting ready to, to just stomp what you might receive this morning. <clears throat> he goes, man, the Amalekites, they dwell in the land of the south. And the Hittites, Jebusites, they dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. They control everything. They're everywhere. <clears throat> Numbers thirteen thirty one says, But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. That Goliath's pretty bad, isn't he? Is that what you're saying in your head right now? In your heart right now? But, Pastor, but, Pastor I haven't even had a chance to tell you what just happened. <clears throat> and they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it. It is a land that eaten up in the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. The world has everything, all the money, all the influence, all the high positions. What on earth can we do? And we saw giants. Just when we were trying to stir ourselves and, and come against the Philistines or stirring their cells, out comes this giant champion, the terrorist. And there we saw the giants, the son of Ankin, which come out of the giants and we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. Always seem like you're on the losing side no matter what you do, no matter what you plan, if you don't do anything. It's as if you're the grasshopper and they are the giants. And he goes, because we thought that way, and so we were in their sight. Pfft, you, you're just a servant of God of uh, Saul. You, and you're going to come against the champion. So their scattering port was finished, and they turned it in. Um, but actually, it made God mad. So if if you're mulling that stuff over in your own heart, thinking it's been such a long time, I've lost hope. In fact, it's been so long, I don't even know the last time I just prayed, I just cried. And God was mad. The Lord said to Moses, how long will these people reject me, and how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I have performed among them? How many times has God bailed you out, helped you, answered your prayer, saw you through up to this point in your life? However long, if you serve God four days or 40 years, you cannot Point and say, This day you failed me. That's never happened. So here you are, just on another journey or another turn, unexpected, another valley, whatever it is. God says, That's it. I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. I mean, God He's hot. God is hot. So the Lord said, I'm done. But listen, but but why? All they did was tell the truth. They wouldn't assess the land. They said, Man, it's flowing with milk and honey. It's awesome. But They are stronger than we. They certainly outnumber us. And them guys are big. They're giants. There's no false report in that. There's no lying in that. That's what they saw. And that's what they come back and reported. It sounds like us us today. I know. At times I was like, I, I almost get tired of praying for this certain thing or certain things that just never seem to happen. Don't ever even seem to budge. Not even a millimeter. Sometimes I feel trapped, like I just, what, on earth? On most of us, if not all of us in this room, are always fearful and worried about something. And usually stressed out over something. Outside of food, I think uh, drugs are the second biggest selling business in the United States. Right behind food. Drugs. So why did God call it an evil report? They just reported what's true. Is it true you're going through this? Yes. Is it true this Goliath is still screaming in your face and you have no way out? Yes, it's true. Is it true that you feel absolutely doomed and it's impossible for anything to happen? Yes, Pastor. I've prayed. I've fasted. i believed. You're giving me a true report, but God's hot. You probably know why by now. Because that report is not mixed with one ounce of faith in God. It's all it is. That's all you do. You see the world. Oh, the left, the right, the arguing to the this, the opioids, the riots, the hate, black lives, white lives, brown lives, red lives. It's just impossible. Not one ounce of faith in the report from God's people when God said, I've given you the land, go in and get it. And we come out and said, it is a good land, prosperous, milk, honey, but God was hot. Even back then, there's always two, one or two that tried. Remember Caleb? It says, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But how many times do you dismiss people? When you have so many negative thoughts, so many negative voices screaming at you, even some of your friends become negative to you. One comes with a positive, and you just be polite, Christian. Yeah, I know. I know. God will never leave you nor forsake you. Your name is written in a poem. I know. I know. I know. But you don't know. So we dismiss the voice, and we listen to all the negative voices, even when the Word says, it's a promise. It's written in the blood of my son. I know. I know you said that, God. So, the wonder God says in Hebrews 11:6 without faith, it's absolutely impossible to please God. How do you know you have faith? Because we're right where you are now with Goliath screaming. That's when that faith got to kick in. Not in you, not in me, not in the church. Not in a situation, but in the Word of God. Faith. Not your eyes, not your feelings, not what you hear, not what you sense. All those you cannot trust. Only this, as that Goliath comes out again and screams again. And you're sore, exceedingly backing off from the Goliath. I mentioned this a long time ago. I read a post on Facebook over a year ago. And sometimes when I hear people pray for our country, I kind of wonder, what Bible do they believe? Because they're just on, on Facebook for thousands or millions to see. It's just, it's not going to get any better. I almost feel like, why waste your breath? That report is probably true when you look at America and you try to watch the news or, oh my gosh. But can you hear the absence of faith? Why waste your breath? That's insane. The result of that is absolutely no faith. When you say, why waste your breath? Why? Why? Come back down to the altar. Why? I've already been on head altar. Luke 18.1 says, And he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. That's the word of God. That's not a suggestion. It's not a good thought. That's the word of God. Oh, but pastor, you don't... Yo, no, yes, yes, I do. It doesn't matter what you're through. This is what the Word of God says. Don't faint. Don't faint. Luke 18.8 says, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, shall He find faith on the earth. I believe some of us have lost faith. We need to believe God again. I know you're facing huge giants. Who isn't? If not all of us, we are or will or have Or will again? Goliath, whose sole purpose is to make you a slave, as you look at this massive, huge specimen of a champion, and he says, if I beat you, you become my slave. You take this opioid, this drug, this pornography, you're mine. And you know that's true. I mean, there's, jeez, millions, I guess, that are hooked on stuff. Not only that, but how about bitterness and envy and hatred and unforgiveness and all these other things that he tries to addict us to. And he comes out and he screams his taunts in your face. <clears throat> oh, goodness. Mark eleven twenty two simply says, Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God where you are right now. I'm not coming with do this, do that, do this, do this, do that. And on this day, this will start to turn around and by the end of the week, everything will be cool. I have no idea. I have no idea if the valley you're in is going to get deeper or if it's coming out. The Fire's going to get hotter or if it's cooling off. All I know is the Bible says, hey you, have faith in God. That's what the Word of God says. And you can't tell me you don't have faith because you do. We exercise more faith in worry than we do Almighty God. Pretty much any physician will tell you uh, 80% of stuff you worry about, stuff you can't see, but you have faith in it that it's going to happen, doesn't happen. So you have faith, you just got it in the wrong thing. You have faith in worry that it's going to get bad, and it's going to get worse, and there's no return. And you believe that because you have faith in that. Something you can't see is that worrying about that. So your faith is working in the wrong direction. Jesus simply says, hey, have faith in me. John tells us, blessed are they that have not seen and yet believe. And yet believe. What do you think Job was seeing When he mentioned those words, though he slay me, yet will I trust. He's seeing everything horrible in front of his face, but he's still standing. I don't care. If you kill me, it sure looks like I'm going to be dead today, now, this second. But I don't care. I'm going to believe. Though he slay me. He wasn't seeing beautiful heavenly things and him and the Lord walking in the garden. He was seeing everything horrible. That's when your faith got to kick in. It has to, even today. Listen, so there he is screaming. And I asked the boys, the football boys, I don't know how old they are, 16, 17, 15, just to try to see if they would interact. And I said, Who can think of a Goliath in their life? Boom, one hand went up. And I even had some written down in case they were silent on me immorality, drugs, you know, those. He went, I went, Yeah, he went, Dad. someone who's supposed to be there for him has become his Goliath screaming dad was his answer <clears throat> back to david 1 samuel 17:40 says and he picked up 5 smooth stones from a stream He put them into his shepherd's bag. Then armed only with his shepherd's staff and sling, he started across the valley to fight the Philistines. Goliath walked out toward David with his shield bearer ahead of him, sneering in contempt at this uh, ruddy-faced boy. Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you come at me with a stick? And he cursed David by the names of his God. Come over here and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. Goliath yelled. And what I did at that time, I had some of our men that were with me pass out little slingshots to the football players. Just a little, I know the one David used was this. Well, I couldn't. It was one of these. And I said, look at that. In the hands of God, trusting God, a silly little slingshot took out the world's best terrorist in God that's where you're at you don't need all this massive wealth and you can quote, quote romans backwards and forward and you just need that little slingshot david replied to the philistine hey you come to me with a sword and spear but i come to you in the name of the lord that's how you come that's how you come this morning that's how you face the terrorists in your life today and i'll tell you what you knock out goliath today glory you can expect another one you're gonna expect the enemy again. Say, what? They took out that? Okay, let's get another one. Bigger batter. And you don't need a bigger, batter slingshot, you just need the same one. Five smooth stones. That's all you need to take them out. 1 Corinthians 1.27 says this, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things. We don't fight the world with their tactics. With all their stuff. We can't. We're not supposed to. We're peculiar. We're to use the supernatural slingshots that God gives us. We have 2,000 years of history, scripture, testimonies, proving that God is the God of the Bible. What else do you need? 2,000 years of history that you can rely on. God's integrity is in question when His people become faithless. What? Huh? And that happens to me. I'm not mocking or saying anything. No, it happens to me. It's almost like I got to slap myself with the Word of God. Get a grip. You got God living inside of you. We doubt Him. We don't believe His Word. I know God has removed mountains, but man, I never thought I'd ever face a mountain like this before. Psalm seventy-eight forty-one could be the greatest sin in the Bible, and it says this. Yes, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One. You limited Him. God about to move through a puny, skinny, flimsy, no strength believer who can't even hold up His, and He puts it down and He runs. And God says, I was just about to. He limits you know that's what God does. He waits and he waits and he waits. Man, that's us belief for an awakening of faith in God. And if you're going to do that, it's going to get darker and worse. But you can't run. You cannot turn back. You just can't. You've got to go look for your five smooth stones. Do you have them? Is your bag empty? Is your slingshot brand new? You haven't shot it in a year? Got bad aim? You haven't used it? Jesus said unto her, said I not unto thee, new hope, if you would believe, you shall see the glory of God. Pick your sling up. Go find your five stones. Pick your sling up. Put the stones in that thing. And when Goliath comes, you let it fling. You stand upon the word of God. I picked out five stones for me. Hebrews says this. For he himself said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even when I feel like i failed God again and he's about done with me. That's a lie. There's the stone right there. It says it. I will never leave you. Never. I will not forsake you. Like that song. Isaiah 41, 13. For I am the Lord, your God, who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear, I will help you. I got that one stuck in my phone because I'm afraid I'll forget it. And when I have to face something and my knees are knocking and a sword is heavy and everyone's telling me, run, I go to that scripture. A lot of times I tell God, God, I can't even lift my hand up to hold yours. And he'll take it. And he helps me take that smooth stone and you sling it at that Goliath that's screaming at you, Whatever, whoever your Goliath is. My third stone is found in Deuteronomy 20 when you go out to battle against your enemies and see horses and chariots and people more numerous than you and they'll always be like that. He'll always come out massive and strong and huge, his voice deep and intimidating. Do not be afraid of them for the Lord your God is with you who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Do you remember, you were a lost, good-for-nothing sinner. You weren't even looking for God, and he saved your soul. God says, I brought you out of Egypt. I did. I'm not going to leave you nor forsake you. Stone four, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, because that's what the terrorist wants to do. Because his whole whole, uh, plan is to put you in bondage, addicted to something. Fear, drugs, porn, name it. As soon as there's a little bit of stirring, you can expect that creep to come out back in your life. You've got to have your stones. You've got to have them smooth stones. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. And those are powerful words. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Fling that thing. Let it fly. I don't even care if you know how to use a sling. I don't care if my stone goes backwards. It'll nail Goliath. Do you understand that? I don't have to be a master sling thrower. In fact, I'm not. If I had a sling, I'd probably take out a window instead of a Goliath. But it's not in me. It's in who I believe in. What did David say? I come in all my battles that I've won. I've come because I'm the baddest flute player, harp player, psalm writer. I come what? In the spirit of the Lord. That's how he came. My fifth stone. No weapon formed against you shall prosper and every tongue which rises against you in judgment you shall condemn. You're nothing. Oh no. You're nothing. Oh no. I'm the son of God. I'm a child of the most high condemn those stupid voices don't mull them over well i'm not really any good no you're not but god still loves you you shall condemn listen it says this is the heritage of the servants of the lord that's an inheritance that you can do this and you can take this full goliath on no matter what he says to you nathan no matter how often and even it seems right and you even agree with them it's a lie let God be true and everything else. A lie. Let's stand. Look at me. Here's your sling. Get your five smooth stones. Get them. They'll come to you. Even if you can't see them, God will bring them to you. Get them stones. I need my band, by the way, please. The five smooth stones. And with all your strength, Lil, you sling those stones at all these Goliaths that come into your life. And you know, you know the story. He nailed him dead and Goliath dropped. And then David went what? And took his head off. You ain't never rising up again. Took his head off. Now look, you, here's where it comes. Here's where the faith is. You have to decide whether this is just a silly story or you're going to step out in faith believe in us for today. That's where we're at. That's what ignites the fuse is your faith. The fuse is there, the powder is there, the explosion is waiting. God has just saying, "If you could just believe, light that flu fuse, get your stones and fling it in the name of the Lord." So as they play, our old recall is simply coming and saying God. I need five smooth stones. Please, Lord, help me to find five smooth stones. And when you come down that altar, do not come down in anything other than say, I'm coming in the spirit of the Lord. I'm coming in my name, in the name of Almighty God, Lord.